Welcome to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T, the podcast that covers all aspects of pediatric dentistry, clinical, business, wellness for dentists, and leading edge science. It's all right here. And now your host, Dr. Jared Johnson. Hi, Dr. Jared here, and welcome back to another episode of Pediatric Dentistry from A to T. And today we're going to talk about something that might be a little uncomfortable for some of you. I know it is uncomfortable for me to talk about, and it is money and collections and how can you collect what you produce. We recently had Jameson Management come in July to our office, and this is the first thing that we wanted to work on because for me, our accounts receivable has, it's awful. We we have made drastic changes since bringing them in in the last few months. It's been a wonderful process to work through, and I share with you what we did at my office that I felt comfortable with. I know every office is going to be different. It's going to be based on your insurance mix and uh, if you're fee-for-service and your philosophy on how you want to be able to take care of your patients. And for one of the first things that Becky from Jameson, uh, our coach, said was, you don't go to the grocery store and leave without paying food, or you don't go and get a TV without for it. You can't walk away. They may do layaway, which we'll talk a little bit about how you might do lay for dental at your office. But we really need to be able to collect the money at the time of the service. And that can be really hard with insurance and estimates and deductibles and uh, adjustments if you're in network or, or not. That can get complicated. And let's kind of dive into that to, to simplify it a little bit so you can actually have the money. I would rather write someone and give them the money back than chase it down because once that has to be billed to the patient, the balance due, you are spending staff time on it. You're spending time and money mailing stints and, and phone calls. And it just, the value of the dollar goes down once you have to go back and collect it versus collecting it up front. So one of the first things we did at our office was to how to be able to treatment plan. And we sat down and we got a bunch of treatment plans and on a test patient and varied it from simple things to larger things. And we worked with our software, Open Dental, to be able to put in the in information that the insurance provides. So you will want to get like a fax back or a, uh, information on the breakdown of categories of preventive and diagnostic. Is it 100% or is it 80%? Basic curve, is it 80 or is it 50? And major, is it going to be 50 or, or 80? Somewhere in between. And you'll put that into your software as well as the deductible for the individual and family. And your software will then give you a little bit of an estimate. Now, it will not be perfect if you are a network. So if you're a network, I think for me, Delta pays about 70% of my UCR. And so other ones pay 95, some pay 80. So there's a big mix for me at my office. So it's not be 100% accurate, but what will make up for that on the back end if you enter EOBs, your software should have something. I know Dentrix has something that I used before, open on his blue book. And as you enter the allowed amounts back in for these insurance claim over time, you're going to be able to get more accurate because then the computer will rec recognize the insurance paid prior 
and give that as a fee estimate. So initially up front, you might be doing a little bit more and giving money back uh, and that's okay, uh, but you won't be chained down the money at the end. And after we got the treatment plan entered, we would practice, we practiced presenting it to the patient. We broke it down into sequences of what the next appointment. So uh, the fee for the next or, or the investment next appointment will be 200. And then how would you like to take care of that? We accept credit, cash and check. And just pause. That's all you have to say. How would you like to take care of that? And pause. And then do either one, one or two ways. Well, they may say, well, one of three ways. They may say, well, do I have to pay that today? And you're normally also be like, no, let's do it at the time of the service. Well, the answer should be, oh, you're more than welcome to pay today. I can take it to the front and we can make that arrangement. So then you're collecting that. It's already paid for when the patient comes in. You don't have to worry about collecting the balance. Or may say, yeah, I'll take care of that with a uh, check at the time I come in. And you write down on the uh, note in the chart that they agreed to do that. They sign or initial that they review that with you. And when they come in, they should have an expectation of that's there's no price. They know what is due for that service. And then you may get the opposite reaction where, oh, they're like, oh, I didn't think it would be that much. And then that's the time where you're going to want to dive into the conversation with your financial income planner. So at that point, you may want to say, well, it sounds like uh, this might be a little bit more manageable if we break it up into smaller amounts over a, short, over a longer period of time. Does that sound big? And they say yes. And then you can go into, uh, if your office offers financing plans such as care credit, that may be an option. Um, Sun is another one that will accept more. It's not as kind to providers as the percent you get, but it's better to move forward, I think, in the, with the treatment of the kid than to not accept that financing. And I'd rather um, get paid than have to go chase things down. I think you may be comfortable with, it depends on your office and your philosophy is how comfortable are you with that balance? Do you, if, are you going to offer them the three separate payments to get it taken care of? Is that something you're willing to agree to in finance or not? Um, for our office, that's what we've decided to do. We're going to see how that goes. And if it ends up that we are turning back into the bank and that will not, not be an option for our patients. A thing that's really helpful when we're doing these treatment plans is to not itemize the treatment plan. So normally the software will break down your fee for a filling, your fee for a crown, your fee for the nitrous, and put that all in there. Just give them the total and the total out of patient pocket. It it's just makes it simpler. It's not it's not you're not hiding anything. You're making it less confusing. And then you're not going to have patients cherry picking, oh, I want X, Y, Z, and I don't want the, the nitrous. It's just clear what the patient responsibility is for what you recommend. Now, if you ask for a breakdown, I would definitely be able to change that in your software and go back and give them a breakdown. Another thing we've also started to do is now prior authorization. So this is going to help a little bit with that in between the People think prioritists are bad because they delay care and we're already booked out for a few months. So it's not delaying any care. And if they want the care, we can go off, off the estimate that the computer. Needs. So there, there's different ways to do it, but the prior authorization will give you a little bit more of a dialed in number. And that can be helpful as you're moving forward because the patient will get that in the mail and they'll see that and they'll have the expectation and you'll be a lot more accurate. So we do send out prior authorizations on all of our treatment for kids. And that's not going to say something might change from 
a filling to a hull crown or the behavior might change from a pulpotomy and a crown to an extraction. Uh, that's not intent of it, but the intent is to have a better estimate for that parent when they come for that date of service. And it's it's really helped. We've actually uh, turned our collections ratio around and we had an awesome August. We had our best month ever. And it's just a, a great feeling to be able to turn that around and not chase down uh, the money. It's a little bit of a change for some of your families that may be used to getting a bill in the mail. And we've had some people complain about that, but we have, we just think that we have changed our practices and we are no longer in the business of being a bank. And if they don't like that, then they will go somewhere else. But I think most of the families can be understanding that we can't be chasing down money and, and not getting paid for our care because our costs have gone up uh, with inflation, with our staffing costs. And it's really one way that we are trying to combat that at our offices to actually collect what we are producing. And some those are some of the things that really worked for us. And some of the struggles, again, were when we had, oh, the nights are separate and parents would say, no, I don't want that. And then the kid doesn't do well. And then all of a sudden we are looking at a more expensive bill with sedation because we know it was a, with, with the nitrous or just putting that on afterwards is not going to get the kid to be where they want to be and, and be comfortable with it. Another thing that we've made a change with, with help collecting is we've implemented a daily huddle. And at that huddle, we'll go over past due balances. So every day we'll generate a sheet that has everyone that's coming in that owes money. So we'll be able to, when they come in, Oh, check them in and say, oh, by the way, were you aware there is a balance of 68.22 on the account? Oh, no, I were Okay, well, let me double check and make sure you're getting your statements and verify their address and then ask them how they'd like to take care of that. It's that simple. I hear it all the time from my receptionist and office manager. How would you like to take care of that? And it's that your expectation is that they do take care of it. And then, again, if they pause, you definitely work down those other options of, of patient financing for them to make it more affordable. I mentioned layaway a little bit earlier in this episode, talking about the TV and how, you know, around Christmas time, these stores, Walmart offers layaway and they make small payments. And once that balance is paid, then they can get the care. And that's something you can afford too, if they can't afford to do the care credit or the sun bit, or maybe they have bad fit, you can offer the layaway. Well, why don't you, what what can we expect every month? And once you get to the point where it's taken care of, we'll be happy to schedule you. And that's kind of last resort that you can offer for these patients that may be having a little more difficulty with the financing at, at your office. And we haven't had anyone have to do that yet, thankfully, uh, but it is another option for you to consider to be able to let people get the care that they need. So I hope this has shed a little bit of light onto what has been working for us recently at my office and given you some ideas, you may be doing things already the right way, or you may be wanting to change things after this. And uh, next thing we're going to be working on with them is trying to go and collect these past ounces and make sure that we can tidy up our accounts to get us back in line to what the industry standards are and where we should be at our office. Thanks for chiming in today and I hope to see you in a few more weeks. 
Thank you for listening to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with Dr. Johnson, visit us online at www.pediatricdentalce.com. For more tips and tricks, follow Pediatric Dental Seminars on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.